Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Packer. We are in week three of a series titled Anchor. And in this series, I'm seeking to remind you of some truths about God that you can count on. Now, there's a lot we don't know right now. But in the midst of such uncertainty and confusion, there are some things we can know. And these truths anchor us. They keep us rooted in the midst of the seas that uh, splash all around us. There's a question I want you to struggle with this morning. And I, I think it's a question we ought to be struggling with at all times, but specifically in moments of suffering and difficulty like today. And that question is this, what is God up to right now? What's God up to? What is God doing? Where is God? Is God doing anything at all? I think this question is something we should be focused on right now in the midst of this trial and difficulty. Because what we're trying to always discern in our lives is the presence of God, the action of God that roots us, that helps us understand the growth that God desires for us and to help us understand that we are never alone in times such as these. So I want to help us reflect on those questions today. Where is God at work behind the scenes? What is God inviting me or you to learn about ourselves right now? Let's pray as we open God's Word together. Father, we come before you and we have sung our songs of praise to you because we have nowhere else to turn in the midst of these times. And we have no other God that we proclaim our praises to. You alone are worthy of all of those things that we have sung today. And you're worthy of our lives that we give as a sacrifice to you. Yet, as we've spoken of already today, God, there are challenges that we are facing. There are times that are difficult to know where to turn and what to do. And sometimes we question about your presence and what you're up to. But God, it is an anchor to our souls to know that you prepare us through moments like these for good works you want us to do. We don't always know what that future holds, God, but we know in the midst of this time, you're preparing us. So I pray that would happen, God. Pray that you'd prepare us uh, to be uh, available to you, God, in this time, to be uh, sustained in our faith through this season, to reach out and share the good news that others need to know. And I pray this morning you would pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts. And it's in the name of Jesus, the all-powerful one, that we pray. Amen. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, or on your apps uh, there at home to uh, the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2 is where I want to spend some time uh, this morning. But before we get to today's anchor in this passage, I want you to notice that actually the first two anchors in this series that we've already talked about are here before Paul gets to the third we're going to focus on in just a moment. I'm going to point those out here in just a moment, but it's Ephesians 2 verse 4 is where I want to begin. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. Now, anchor number one a couple of weeks ago that we shared is that God loves us. We can be assured in times like these, we can anchor this truth that our identity is secure because God loves us. And Paul talks about that in verse 4. Let's keep reading 
Again, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. There it is, anchor number two that we talked about last week. God in the person of Jesus chose to come close to us. Anchor number two we talked about last week is that God is near us. Even when the Israelites in the desert are asking the question, is the Lord among us or not? As they're groaning and desiring food and water that Moses is able to provide through God's help. We're reminded that yes, God is close. The tabernacle, the temple, and And now the Holy Spirit involved in the lives of believers is a reminder that no matter what we walk through, God is close to us. And Paul writes about that here in verses 4 and 5. Now let's keep listening as Paul shares some of the best news in the Bible in the verses that follow. Verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is one of those passages I come back to often to realize that my salvation is not in my efforts or in my perfection. It is through faith, but it is the grace of Jesus Christ that is provided to us. Grace is a gift. That became available to us because of God's great love for us and God's presence in Jesus of Nazareth. But grace isn't the end of the story in chapter 2 for Paul. And this is where we read about our third anchor. We can be assured will hold us firm in the midst of this storm we are facing. Verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance. For us to do. There's a lot to unpack in that verse. Paul says uh, we're, we're God's handiwork. I love uh, that phrase. Actually, there's a lot to it. The Greek term there is the word poema. It can mean handiwork or worksmanship. But, but uh, uh, actually, the, the Greek word itself, poema, is another way of seeing it and transliterating it for us. We are God's poem. Right? We're God's creative work in the world. I love that idea. But, but why did God create us? Why did God send us out as his poema? Well, Paul says we were created in Christ to do good works. You see the beauty of what Paul is saying? He's saying God created you beautifully so that you could go and do beautiful things. So that you could create in a beautiful way. God made a good work in you so that you could do good works. We carry on the creative work of God. It's built into us as we go about our working in the world through the Spirit. And then comes the final part of verse 10 where we find our anchor, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Anchor number three is this. Our God, our God prepares. He's the God who prepares you for the good work he wants to do through you. So we talked about a couple weeks ago, God loves us. Then we talked about how how God is among us, that God has come near to us, and now God is the God who prepares us for the good works he wants us to do. You were God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has a plan to do through you in the days to come. And often the best work 
that happens in our lives, the greatest moments of growth, the good works that are prepared happen through the refining fires of suffering in our lives. So what is God up to in this pandemic? That was the question at the beginning of the message. One thing I believe God is doing is He is using this moment as a time of preparation for the good He wants to do in and through each one of us. Now notice, I'm not saying that God caused this pandemic. I don't believe that. I don't believe God is orchestrating a virus that kills many people in order to to reach uh, and teach us a valuable lesson. I think Romans 8.28 is actually very helpful here. This verse that Paul wrote to the church at Rome. Listen to these words. Paul writes, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Now that passage does not say, if you read it, that God does all things. It says God works in all things. And that's a key difference. Paul says that in the midst of all things, even the things that Satan throws into our lives, the suffering that God doesn't orchestrate, in all things, the good and the bad, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. If Paul were here in 2020, I don't think he'd preach a sermon and let us know that this is the judgment of God or that God has brought this and orchestrated this. But I think he would remind us in the midst of these times that God is doing something even in this. That God is going to take what Satan has intended for harm and he's going to bring good out of it. He's going to prepare us for the works that he wants us to do. I believe that. Here's what I'm discovering during the pandemic in my own life. COVID-19 is the great revealer. The great revealer. This pandemic isn't creating issues in our lives as much as it's revealing issues that have been there all along. There's several things I'm learning from COVID that it's revealed in my own life. It's revealed that I take a lot of things for granted. Before March, never once had I considered that for six months I would not be worshiping in person with my church family. Before March, I never once assumed that the second Sunday in April, I wouldn't be on the couch watching the final round of the Masters Golf Tournament. Uh, Never before March had I ever worn a mask other than on Halloween. I now see that I've taken so many things for granted. Another thing that COVID-19 has revealed to me is how little control I have over my life. Now, the more that my kids grow older, I see that in, in, in unique ways. You know, early on, it's easy to kind of uh, shelter them and to teach them everything I want them to know. But as they enter into school and as they experience uh, friendships outside of my control, as they grow older and older, I realize I, I don't have near the control I thought I did. And, and, and COVID-19 is revealing the same thing in my life. All the things I thought I controlled, I thought were just givens in the world. I'm realizing that's not necessarily the case. And the hard thing about COVID-19 for me, in in addition to those things, is it's revealed character defects in my life that I didn't know I had. You know, living at home with my family day in and day out all the time. My wife and my kids see things in me, and they sometimes let me know about those things. that are still defects in my life that God wants to continue to work on. There are things I need to work on that I am more aware of now. I need more of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Maybe you could say the same. I need more patience developed in my life. I need to display more gentleness and kindness. 
And my guess is the same thing is true for you. Those may be some of the lessons. There are probably others. But, but my guess is that this time has revealed things to you about what you've taken for granted, about the things that need to be worked on in your life, about maybe the lack of dependence on God you've had in the past that maybe you're seeing, seeing and sensing needs to be there. Gaps in my spiritual life are being revealed at this moment. Now, perhaps you've maintained your spiritual habits. And perhaps this is a, a season of strength because you've been overflowing through this time. You've continued in the rhythms you've built. But perhaps you've realized that Sunday morning for many of us was the time where we got poured into. And online worship isn't the same experience as being able to hug each other and encourage one another, to pray for each other in our Bible classes, to be involved in small groups in each other's lives, to have our children being formed by the incredible children's ministry and our students in student ministry that we just come to count on. And maybe this time has revealed to you that we've depended way too much on what happens Sunday morning in a building rather than realizing that God is available to us all the time, calling us and drawing us to a life filled with the Spirit of God. COVID-19 is the great revealer. So what has this pandemic revealed about you? What, what has it revealed about your relationships? What has it revealed about your character? What has it revealed about your family? Because it would be a shame to miss the lessons that this season has for us. It'd be a shame to live through this pandemic and have our lives unchanged. The greatest tragedy would be to refuse to learn something from this pandemic. Because as Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, God is preparing us for the good works He has prepared in advance for us to do. God is preparing you right now for things that you have no idea that God wants to do through you in the days to come. Times of trial and suffering have often been God's means of preparing His people for the works that the church and the kingdom of God wants to reveal in the days ahead. Consider with me for a moment several Bible characters that this is true for. I think back to the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And Joseph has some really hard things happening. He, he has unjust suffering that comes his way before his life turns a corner and things begin to go upward. Joseph's brothers had sold him into slavery. He, he's unjustly accused of a crime he didn't commit with his master's wife. But in the end of the story, Joseph is able to reconcile these difficult events He's able to grow through these seasons for the good works that God wants him to do. And in the end, when he's second in command of all of Israel, and he's going to actually save his family through the dreams that God had given, the food that had been stored up in advance, this is what he's able to say to his brothers who'd sold him into slavery. He says, God used your deception to save lives. God had been doing a work in Joseph through this unjust suffering, through being mistreated by his brothers. And somehow on the other side, good works are able to happen. And he's able to proclaim, I know you didn't mean this for good, but God turned it to save lives, even your own lives. In prison, God was preparing Joseph for the good works that would come at a later time. Take the story of Moses for a moment. Moses went through hardship as well. His life was not a story of endless successes. Moses miraculously survived an infanticide that the Pharaoh of Egypt had called out because the Hebrew 
children were becoming too numerous at that time. He was raised by slave owners of his own people, the Hebrew people. And eventually Moses murders an Egyptian in order to protect the life of a slave. And that decision leads him to run into the wilderness, into a place called Midian, where he spends 40 years tending sheep with his father-in-law. But while in Midian, he encounters God in a burning bush. He comes to trust God while leading a life of insignificance in the wilderness of Midian. One day he's going to lead his people out of slavery. But he doesn't know that when he's stuck in Midian. He doesn't know that when he's stuck in the household of Pharaoh. God, in that time period, in Midian, was preparing Moses in advance for good works that would come later on in his life. The New Testament has stories like this as well. Think about Peter for a moment. Consider his life. Peter failed Jesus again and again. But all of Peter's failures ultimately led for him to depend on the Holy Spirit so much so that at Pentecost, 3,000 people come to give their lives to Jesus and are baptized in his name. Jesus was preparing Peter in advance for the good works he wanted to do through him in the days to come. Or, or, or the Apostle Paul, right? Many of us know his story. He's Saul. He's this zealous person, Jewish leader who, who actually persecutes those who believe in the name of Jesus and call him Lord. He actually oversees the death of Christians early on. In fact, he's on his way to persecute more Christians when all of a sudden there's this blinding light that blinds Saul and he comes to a face-to-face encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And in all those times, in all that difficulty, the, the many things that he experienced that you can read about in his letters, God was preparing this guy named Saul to become the Apostle Paul who would write half of our New Testament. Paul was perfectly okay with giving his life to doing wrong, but God got a hold of his attention and was preparing him in advance for the good works that he wanted to do. So here's my question for you this morning. What good works is God preparing you to do in advance? What are the things that that God is preparing you in this season right now through whatever difficulties you may be facing? I know it's easy to look at those sufferings and wonder, what is God up to? Where is God? But I want to assure you the truth of Romans 8. In all things, in this, in the good and the bad, God is preparing us. God longs to do good things and good works through us. So how is God using the confusion, the anxiety, the suffering, and the frustration of this moment to form you into the person he wants you to become. Now, in no way do I want to be dismissive of the seriousness of this pandemic. What we're walking through is not a hoax. It's real. It has taken people that I love. But I hope we don't miss how God might be working in this as God works in all things to prepare us for good works that he longs for us to do in advance of those times. Because you can count on this, our anchor number three. Our God is the God who prepares us for the good works He has for us. And often that preparation comes through suffering. God is preparing you, even in this pandemic, for an abundant future. God can use your suffering to bless others. You know, often when I'm going through suffering, I start to ask God questions. 
And those questions have to do with really wanting to understand, why is this suffering happening? Why do you seem to be absent? What are you up to? We want to know the reason why we're suffering. If there's something we're doing to cause it, we want to repent of that and we want to fix it. I think back to the story of Job that way. We want to ask God, God, why are you doing this to us? Can we have a court trial with you? Can we give our plea? Because I don't know what I've done wrong and God, I want to understand so that things can be turned around. But when we ask those questions, I think there's something else we really want to know. Yeah, we'd like to know why we're suffering. We'd like to have answers to those questions. But in the end, those answers don't always help us. What we want to know, I believe, is that our suffering matters. That the times of trial and difficulty will be useful in some way in the days ahead. When I talk to couples who've been through an affair in their marriage... Some of them have found healing and been able to maintain their relationship. Others, they, they walk through the pain of divorce and, and there's opportunity on the other side to have conversations with them. What I hear them say in the midst of those situations is, I hope in some way this can be useful. Now, those aren't the questions we ask at first. The first questions are about why is this happening and, and do I really want to stick it out through this? And, and what's this going to be about? How are my kids going to walk through this? But when I talk to couples who've healed their marriage after an affair, often I hear them saying, we want you to be able to use this story in the future, Colin. We want to be able to walk with other couples that are walking through difficulties like this. They want their suffering to be useful. Others that walk and go through the divorce process in there, they want the very same thing. They want to be able to walk with others that are walking through those difficult times and to let them know it's not okay right now, but there will come a day where things will be different where God will use this. We want to know that the pain we walk through is not just pain that goes unnoticed, that it doesn't make a difference. We want to know it it makes a a vast difference. We want to be useful for God and God's kingdom. And if you've been through an affair in your marriage or a difficulty or a divorce, let me tell you, God works in all things for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And God doesn't waste a hurt. He wants to use our hurts to bless other marriages and other people down the line. That may be the good work that God has destined and prepared in advance for you to do. When I talk to people who've had their lives shipwrecked on the rocks because of a sin or an addiction, often I hear them telling me the same thing. They don't want their suffering to go unnoticed or unuseful. They want it to be useful for others. If they found healing, they don't want to keep their sin a secret. They want to share their story and testimony to point to the glory of God and to be able to help others that are on similar journeys. They tell their story as a lighthouse so that others don't crash on the rocks that they crashed on. God works in all things for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. And if right now you're walking through a sin struggle or an addiction, or maybe you're on the other side, one day at a time living that out, I want to tell you this. God sometimes works in that kind of suffering so that He can do the good works He wants for us to do in the days to come. Maybe in this season you're living with anxiety or depression. Maybe this is a season of darkness as isolation covers you and your household. I don't believe God has brought this darkness into your life. But I believe you want this suffering to be useful. God works 
in all things for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And Ephesians 2 teaches us that we've been saved by grace through faith. It's not something we've done so that we can boast. But then in verse 10, let me read it one more time. There's the hope that I want to leave with you this morning. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In this time, God may just be preparing you for a season ahead that you know nothing about. So I want to encourage you in the midst of this not to to act as if it's not a challenging time. No, admit to God. Confess the difficulty of it. Ask God to be at work with you in the midst of it. Remind yourself, the first two anchors in the series, that God loves you in the midst of this time. That God is not far from you. He's there among us. God is here with us. But I also want to point toward a potential future for you. And that is God doesn't waste hurts. God wants to use our suffering and make it useful for others. And God works in seasons like this to prepare us for the good works that He wants us to do. So maybe that's a turn of question in this time, not just to ask where is God, but to wonder for a moment, to pray to God and ask the question, God, how are you preparing me right now for days I don't know about? How are you using even this for ways I'll be able to minister to others in seasons ahead? Because you can count on this truth. Our God is the God who prepares us, for we know not what. I pray this is a word of encouragement to those of you that are walking through difficulty right now, uh, that are wondering what is next for you. I, I believe God has good things in store and God will use the difficulty and the challenge and the suffering for the good of His kingdom, and for the good of others. Let's pray as we close this morning. Father, it is a comfort to us to know that You do not discount people by the sins that they have committed, by the suffering they have experienced, by feeling neglected by those that should have cared for them. None of those things discount us from service in your kingdom. None of those discount us from the grace that is offered to all who believe in Jesus as Lord. So God, I give thanks this morning that you do not discard us onto the trash heap, but you recycle these hard, difficult things in our lives for the good of others. God, right now as I'm thinking about the people that I've been praying for this week who would be receiving this message, my prayer was this message would land in a, an encouraging way. It would allow people who maybe felt like they'd been forgotten or maybe they're experiencing just extreme hardship or they're wondering if they can go one or two more days in the midst of the depression that they're experiencing right now. I pray that you would allow them to see that their story is not finished. Just like Moses who spent 40 years in Midian thinking that was the rest of his life and what it would look like. God, it was the last 40 years of his life that you used him to do remarkable things. And So if maybe we're at the end of our lives and thinking, well, I'm 80 years old. I don't know how many years I have left. Maybe this is a reminder today that some of the best years in ministry may even be still ahead of us. So God, I pray your spirit would come. It would land on each person within the sound of my voice, that it would allow them to know that you are present among them, that you love them. But may you also allow that spirit to comfort us and to bring encouragement, to bring healing so that what is going on in our lives will not be wasted. 
but it will be useful. That we'll realize that you are always preparing us for what we don't even understand in the days to come. And so God, whatever it is that you have purposed for us in the days ahead, I pray that we would not waste this moment, that you would not waste an opportunity with us, God, to transform that pain, uh, to help us repent of the paths that are not abundant for us and walk into the abundant life that's in Jesus. We know the, the enemy longs to steal, to kill, and destroy. But God, this message this morning from Ephesians 2 reminds us that the evil one lies to us because we're never in a point in our lives where our life is destroyed. We're always walking with Jesus when we believe the truth that the abundant life is ahead of us. And so God, I pray today that we would find that abundance and that maybe if we have been healed and we haven't yet made useful the pain in our lives, we would consider steps to do that this week as we seek to walk with others who walk in difficulty as well. We thank you for Jesus Christ, for his life, for his death, for his resurrection. And we long for the day that we will be caught up in the clouds, that we will be restored to the new heavens and the new earth that you have in advance for us. And God, I pray you would work through your spirit in our lives this week to transform us and to prepare us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.